Good morning. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Mary, and I lived in Palestine many centuries ago. My father worked for a landowner who had planted vineyards in the countryside. I often traveled with my father on visits to the vineyards, and I loved being with him. But my favorite visit was to the vineyard where Miriam lived with her family. I remember the first day we met. I was a shy little girl, holding my father's hand as we walked through the gate into the vineyard. As we entered, all the tenants looked at us. No, they actually stared at us. And it wasn't until later that I understood why. I just knew it made me feel awful. But then there was Miriam. Miriam found her way through the crowd and took me by the hand. Instantly, we were friends. She was kind and funny and made me feel very special. Over the next couple of years, Miriam became my best friend. My father and I traveled to that vineyard about four times a year, and each time she would be waiting for us in the lookout tower that the landowner had built. She welcomed us into the vineyard, not like we were unwanted visitors, but as honored guests that had a special place. If it hadn't been for Miriam, I would have stopped traveling with my father. No one wanted us there, and I knew it. My father tried to teach me to ignore the stares, the comments, the occasional spitting and name-calling, but I wasn't very good at it. He told me that people who were afraid often treated other people badly, but that we did not have to respond with hate. Instead, he told me to pray for them. And I'll tell you today, I tried, but I was scared. My father and I lived in a village and belonged to a community that gathered to pray and to sing and to learn. Miriam often asked me about my community. I told her that we came together to praise God and to say thank you every day for all the blessings in our lives. I told her that we came together in order to listen for God's voice and to learn how to live lives full of faith. I told her that I couldn't imagine living without the community I belonged to. She didn't understand when I tried to explain that we believe that there's enough of everything for everybody and it's God's desire for us to share all of who we are and what we have with each other. She would say to me, but Mary, there's never enough for us. And my father says that we have to look out for ourselves. God helps those who help themselves. You should not give anything away when you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And so our friendship grew, but so too did the differences between us. I had been taught that each person was made in the image of God and that harming another person was equivalent to harming God. Miriam had never heard anything like that. Miriam heard that people are always out to get you, so it's best to take advantage of someone else before they do it first. It was a harsh environment to grow up in, and eventually, this environment took its toll on Miriam. My last visit to that vineyard began like all the others. My father had gathered all the tenants in the vineyard to have a meeting. During the meeting, Miriam and I went up to the lookout tower to play. Miriam told me that her parents had told her we shouldn't be friends anymore. When I asked her why she said that, she said, 
They said you might be spying on me and my family for your father. They said you're just pretending to be my friend. They said you and your father are just here to steal what is ours. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I asked her how she could think that. Then, as if out of nowhere, she started yelling at me. You always act better than me, Mary, but you are not. My family works hard in this vineyard. We deserve to keep everything we produce. Your people are just lazy and you live off someone else's hard work. I was hurt and confused. This was my friend. There was nothing I could say. All I knew was that I needed to get out of the tower, so I turned and headed down the steps. And that's when I heard screaming from below. By the time I was on the ground, I could see the crowds gathered around my father and two other men. They were surrounded by angry, shouting people, some waving shovels and hoes above their heads, some were holding stones. I knew something was terribly wrong, but I didn't know what to do. Just then, I felt something hit me in the back, and I turned to see Miriam standing behind me with a handful of stones herself. She, too, had gotten caught up in the frenzy of the crowd. I ran to escape through the gate with her chasing me, and I never looked back. My father never made it to the gate. He was killed that day by the mob who had turned their distrust and fear into hate. Later, my people gathered to bury my father and to try to understand what had happened. Our community felt broken and abandoned. But at the same time, I heard my elders explain that we could not retaliate, that there was nothing in our faith that would allow vengeance to take over our hearts. It was a devastating time, but also a time when I remember being wrapped up in the love and care of others. Over and over, I heard people in my community ask, how could this happen? What kind of people could do such a hateful thing? And though I was only a child, I knew the answer. I saw what had happened to Miriam. Miriam, the only one in the vineyard that was kind to me. Miriam, <laughs> the one who reached out without thinking and became my friend. This was the same girl that had been taught to distrust and judge others. This was the same girl who became so consumed by the hate of the mob that she picked up a stone and threw it at me. I see now that we were both products of our environments. And perhaps that is why I'm here telling you my story this morning. How often do we remember that what we do and teach our children is the truest indicator of what we believe about ourselves and God? I've heard people say that belonging to a community of faith is voluntary. That may be true. What is also true is that without a community of faith, I would not have learned to trust beyond myself. I would not have had a place to hold my grief and people to love me when I felt most broken and betrayed. I would not have found teachers and friends and companions that would help, challenge, nurture, and guide me. I would not have seen and known God's love in my life. But you know that. Here at Trinity, you know what it is like to be a community of faith. 
even in these trying times when you are separated and cannot gather in person to sing and pray together, you are still finding ways to be a shining beacon of light and hope in your beautiful city and in the world. You are still living lives sourced from faith-filled generosity every week. You still lift your voices together to pray and sing from the many corners of the world and receive God's blessings in your lives and then go out and share those blessings. You are faithfully waiting and watching and responding to see how God will use you in this liminal in-between time. You are staying connected to those who are hurting and struggling through not only this health pandemic, but during this time of social unrest and division. It's quite beautiful to see who you are these days. So this morning, I don't come with advice but I come with a deep bow of gratitude and a request. Thank you. Thank you for being God's love in this time and place. You may never know how much who you are as a community changes lives one person at a time. And my request, please, please keep your eyes and hearts focused outward, where you will be sure to find someone like Miriam who needs your help finding the gate that leads out of the vineyard and into a way of living with faith-filled generosity. <laughs>